Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and a lot of joy in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on our show, we have the fabulous Christine Duminiak. I met Christine earlier in the year at a seminar where we were both keynote speakers and we became friends and wait till you hear about her. Christine is an internationally known grief recovery specialist. She's a radio co-host of Ask the Angels radio show. She's a member of the association for death education and counseling. Now listen to this. She's the author of two great books, Heaven Talks to Children and God's Gift of Love, After Death Communications for Those Who Grieve. Christine is the founder of the worldwide non-denominational group called Prayer Wave for After Death Communications and the composer of a guided meditation CD. She has been featured on television and radio shows, including some giants like Fox and Friends and Coast to Coast AM. Christine often travels as a speaker and has spoken to such groups such as Mothers Against Drunk Driving, The Learning Annex, Rotary Clubs, Cancer Groups, Senior Citizen Groups, Bereavement Support Groups, and she frequently speaks in the James Van Prague chat room. She holds her own seminars around the United States. And I was really interested to learn that she has volunteered her time and skills to hospice and cancer patients and for women in crisis and substance abuse shelters. Christine Duminiak is committed to spreading the message that our loved ones survive death and they are still part of our lives and that God in his mercy allows them to communicate with us from heaven in many different ways in order to comfort us. Her work and her books bring hope to the hearts of anyone who is grieving. So it is my privilege now to introduce you to my friend, Christine Duminiak. Hello, Christine. Hello, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I, I just got goosebumps when I was reading your introduction. You just... know, I had the chills going all through me while you were doing that, reading that, and I thought, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is with us. And I thought, should I mention that or not? But since you mentioned it, yeah. I, I just thought I would jump right in. Mention How it, Christine. That? The thing is, is you know, one of the, the common denominator out of everybody I speak to is um, looking for evidence of life after death, why you believe. And people have been on the show in all kinds of, I want to say shapes and sizes with different beliefs, different religious backgrounds, but there's some really great, um, like common denominator. So I want to hear, I think we all do, what your background is. Um, yeah, share about God, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want. We both share Catholic backgrounds, whatever that is for you. I think um, nothing's taboo, you know? Okay, so, I'd be happy to. Yeah, let's hear a little bit from you because you've got a beautiful voice, a beautiful face. Mm -hmm. And for our listener, there's a nice picture of Christine Duminiak on um, 
wedontdieradio.com and uh, the links to her website. So, Christine, how did you get involved with this whole world of life after death? And You know, it's really amazing because when God brings you in, <laughs> you really don't have a choice, which is really what happened to me. Um, I am a Catholic, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and I did have a belief in the afterlife because of uh, the Bible and Christ rising from the dead. And of course, we have all our saints that right. make appearances and healings and everything. So I never really um, gave it. My, I, I just grew up with that saturated uh, with that, that that's what happens. There is a life after death. But I always thought you just kind of floated around in heaven uh, playing on a harp and how boring <laughs> it can that possibly be like who would ever want to leave here earth to go there where it's kind of boring right because there wasn't much information known really about the afterlife the bible doesn't tell you much and i really wasn't into um, um afterlife contacts and that was not on my radar however in 1998 my dead in-law showed up in my bedroom one night, uh, very unexpectedly, and stayed for an hour. How did they well, do that, that? What did they look like? I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, I was sleeping, and I woke up from a dream, and I looked around the room, the room and first I saw somebody sitting at a desk near my ceiling, and he had on a black hat and a red cloak, and he looked like he was reading a prayer book mm-hmm. very peacefully, but I kept blinking my eyes thinking, oh, I'm sure I must be dreaming. This is going to go away. This is going to go away. But after about 15 really long seconds, he was still there. And then he finally dissipated. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what is this? And I am awake. And then the next thing I knew, there were spirits in the room. And um, some of them were scary. And, um, and I had never had a spiritual experience. I never had visions of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing supernatural had ever happened to me before, Sandra. So when I saw some scary spirits right after the peaceful guy, I whipped out my rosaries from under my pillow and I start praying like crazy because I was scared. Sure. And um, then uh, the prayers worked because uh, just within seconds, the whole room turned like a bluish color with streaking white lights through it. And I heard um, I heard papers, papers rattling on my bureau as if a gust of something good something like maybe angels or something were coming through, clearing out what was not good. And I saw what looked like someone dressed like how the blessed mother would dress or women back in the days of Jesus very briefly over my doorway as if to let me know that everything was safe. Now I had nothing to fear. And I felt this overwhelming peace and calmness after this protection episode happened. And I saw some spirits at the foot of my bed and I thought, well, okay, I'm thinking rationally now, I'm calm, who would want to visit me? And it occurred to me, um, my father-in-law had died, and my husband was very close to him, and he took it very hard. So I said, John, is that you? And this spirit, which I could see from the chest up, uh, one instant he was at the foot of my bed, and the next instant he was right in front of my face, and I could see his hat, his suit jacket, his tie and I thought oh my gosh and uh John is in the room what what is this but this is pretty cool right and then I thought well he always traveled with his beloved wife Stella 
so I said, well, is Stella with you? I mean, I can't believe I had the rational mind to say these things. Oh, I know, because you must have been in a state of shock, having not seen anything ever, and then, you know, having faith, and then all of a sudden, the man in yes. the cloak. Well, I, then... I, I really believe I was no longer in a state of shock after the room trans- yeah. transformance. You know, I felt like I was in a state of, like, real awareness, hmm. really centered in what was going on. I'm very interested so I said, I was in the moment, as you say. Mm-hmm, so right. I, so when I asked Estella was with him, and next thing I know, another spirit comes right up to my, she was wearing a flapper's hat and um, pearls around her neck and lipstick. And I thought, wow. oh my gosh. And then I had the presence of mind to wake up my sleeping husband beside me to uh, tell him that his parents were in the room. So this was the beginning for me of uh, really starting to um, get interested in, in the afterlife and what happens in the afterlife and uh, how I got into this particular field because I was the furthest away from this field, even though, of course, I believe in God and I went to church. Um, this is a whole new area that most people don't really bother to explore unless it hits them personally sure. or if uh, someone that you love dies and you really really uh, devastated by the uh, the death. Now, I loved my in-laws, but I wasn't devastated that they died. Uh, I mean, they were in their 80s, and they weren't my parents. Right. So, so I wasn't going along that route looking for them like a lot of people do. What did your husband say? Husband. He I, believed in me. He okay. started to, I saw his, like, his uh, mouth, uh, like, talking to them, like, silently, which made me believe uh, or had me understand that he was believing even though he could not see them the way I was uh, privileged to be able to see them that evening. And uh, so, but he accepted it. And I, the next day I went and I told my parents and they were just amazed and they believed me of course too. And, um, and I think it helped them to start thinking more because they were in their seventies at that point. Mm -hmm. And I think, they were so wowed by it all that we all got interested in what happens after you die. But what I did, um, I did notice that there were so many people who were grieving the death of their loved one. And two year, and I started getting involved in um, message boards and giving like support to people. And my in-laws were making like repeat appearances. But what I really noticed, Sandra, was that people were so desperate to get a sign from their loved ones. Yes. I mean, they needed to know that they were okay. Right. That was the primary thing that they felt they wouldn't would not get peace unless they knew they were okay. And they believed that a sign would let them know this. Yes. Well, two years had gone by, and my own dad had passed, which was you know really touched my heart. Sure. But it was so wonderful because I was getting signs from him left and right in dreams, in visions. Um, leaving coins for me, hawks flying overhead when I was out golfing because my dad was my best golf buddy. Aww. And just so many different ways. he w- And it, I was just like always happy because, oh, daddy, is it again? Oh, my gosh. And you, I, I had the, 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 the knowledge now that he was like, you know, my partner. He was my like angel on my shoulder and he wasn't missing anything in my life. Far from it. He was able to do things with me and be places that he never could before because he, he was pretty sickly. Yes. So it was so much fun. I'd go on vacation. He'd show up as a bird, like hitting me in the forehead, <laughs> flying by and leaving like dimes for me. And it was the most comforting, joyous thing. 
And so this was in 2000. And I really wanted other people to feel what I was feeling, like people who were grieving, to be happy, to feel joyous, and to get signs. So that's when I established um, the website, Prayer Way for After Death Communication, which is a group that really is, it's not just a place for sharing your signs, but we actually pray for you to get a sign. Prayer wave we for after, for after death, death, communication. death communication. Is that the website? That's the website. Well, that's really the, the message board, but the message board in the last maybe six months has really, we moved to Facebook. So it's called After Death Communications and Prayer Wave. So I've changed that name a little bit because it's so much more active now on Facebook. Yes. Uh, The message board used to be very active, but with people being very um, in tune with Facebook, it seemed the natural way to go. And so we have people from all over the the, uh, world being part of Prayer Wave. And what I've noticed over the years is so many people have gotten signs because we've prayed for them and then they become like little sources of help to other people who are grieving because they're feeling better, they're healing, and they um, spread, it, spread it forward, pay it forward by helping other people because they're in a better place than when they were when their loved one first died. Because once you know your loved one can still see and hear you, and they can still share your life with you. It makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. You realize there's still a huge part of my life. They're like a comforting shawl on my shoulders. Well, and um, and you can continue the communication, whether it's through just talking out loud to them right. or writing them letters. And, um, and also, I believe it helps your connection with God because you realize they are with God. And, um, and if you... And I, for me, it's brought me closer to God in, in my own personal life because I just realized how much he's blessed me to be so happy with both my parents passing now. And, wow. uh, and I don't think I could do this work if I, if I weren't so happy. It's so yeah. important, Christine, to, uh, this is what I feel, to know that life after death is real and that our loved ones are still around. Because I'm sure you've seen it a thousand times well, and you've experienced it too. Grief is, I think, the most painful thing anybody's going to go through. And I think a part of us can die inside. I've seen people grieving for 30, 40 years, and they it's like a part of them dies, and like they give up living their own life, even though they're still in flesh and blood. So I think to really believe and to see, have the signs and know that our loved one's around, it's like it, it puts a bigger picture on our life and and people don't have to be stopped by grief yes it's like and when you get those afterlife signs sandra it's like a bomb to the heart and soul because you you realize just how connected you still are and they're just kind of waiting for you to finish up whatever work you're supposed to be doing here on earth and you're going to be with them again in heaven and um yeah and i i understand also people are afraid to die and i was like everyone else at one time i was afraid to die of course no one wants to go through the actual physical uh, process of dying or have any of the pain that can often be (laughs) that's that's what i'm talking about um so but um i love now to read near-death experiences that people have because in one instant you're here and the next instant you pop out of your body and you are with God or some other place, depending on your experience. But one of my favorite books, which 
completely took my fear away of uh, dying was Embraced by the Light by Betty Eadie. And I also had my parents read that book, and it took their fear away of dying. She had such a full and uh, lengthy experience in the afterlife with with, with Jesus and um, her angels and her loved ones. And she felt such incredible love. And you have jobs in heaven, which is like the fun part. It's not boring at all. What do you mean jobs in heaven? Oh, well, she was explaining it like some people are actually weaving like these sparkly, shimmery clothes for new new arrivals that come in there. Um, Other people were helping newly arrived souls to um, to understand what heaven is like to to reorient them back into where the place that they were actually created heaven wow. and um, some people had work with their loved ones on earth where they were trying to like a soul wanted to be born to a certain um, guy and girl and he was trying to match them up so they would get married so he could be born to that particular family so yes they had very active lies in heaven not boring at all and um and of course the more you read about near-death experiences you realize everything that we have on earth you have in heaven but it's it's like a different like earth is like the black and white negative of the color photograph that heaven is and of course uh, you know there's no pain in heaven you feel an explosion of love because you're in god's country now and that's what there is just love in god's country and um, so when I also, when I would do my um, volunteer work, I would tell people about, because uh, I'd be working with people in hospice and cancer victims sure. um, who are, of course, you know, the cancer victims are thinking I'm going to probably, I may die right now uh, or shortly in the future. Hospice knows they're going to die. So I would tell them about near-death experience stories and uh, it just, I could see the look on their faces. They were in, so in wonderment and relieved to know that there's a whole wonderful world there and there's nothing to be afraid of and everything to, to look forward to. And so when you think of your loved ones, you think, wow, they're in this wonderful place where there's beautiful gardens and, and mountains and valleys and oceans and you commune with animals and other loved ones and there's music all the time and joyful work. Aren't they the lucky ones? (laughs) They certainly are the lucky ones. Why can't I feel sorry for them? Hey, I'm going to still enjoy my life here because they're having a great time. And that's how I look at it. I I don't look at it with sadness. I'm actually happy for anyone who passes over because I know they've gone to that wonderful place. If If they... loved God at all, even like acknowledged him at all, there's like, they, they are there. So, um, yeah, so I'm actually happy for wow. people will you, when they pass. Will you tell us some of your stories? Because um, I think stories are so important just to hear, you know, why you believe in life after death, maybe some of the near death experience things that have really wowed you. And then also some of these signs that you, you've heard, you've seen that others have experienced. Yes. Okay. Well, I think the signs are probably really important because people are, they're not just reading about them, but they're experiencing them personally. And that is a really uh, uh, proof of life, afterlife to people who uh, are wondering. Um, For instance, um, 
Oh, well, here's something really interesting. Um, this woman, Monica, had uh, two, had a child that died from a brain tumor. Wow. And five years had gone by, and she um, was the, it was Mother's Day, and she had prayed for her child to visit her in some way to know that her child was okay. And um, I'll say her, her child's name was Roberto, but I, I can't remember his name right now, but we'll just use Roberto. Okay. So she prayed uh, that day that she could get a sign to know that Roberto was, was with God. And, um, and he just died when he was a, a little to- toddler. So uh, about half hour later, she hears her 14-year-old son, Christian, and his friend come running out of Christian's room, bedroom, where they were playing video games. And they said to each other, did you see that? Oh, my gosh, what was that? And she said, what's going on, boys? And they said, well, we, we just saw a, a little boy that looked like Roberto giggling in the room, and he ran behind Christian's chair, and he had on an outfit like overhauls the way Roberto used to always wear, and he smiled, and then he just disappeared. And both now, this, kids saw him? Both kids saw him. And this Ooh. was... Shortly after she prayed to receive the sign that her son was okay, and Chris, it was corroborating because they both saw Roberto right wow. after that. And so that is like the, that to me is the proof of if you ask God for signs from your loved ones, he hears you and he tries to really help your grieving heart. So, um, yeah, so that is one like really validating mm-hmm. one. And, um, you know, of course, I, my my uh, book, God's Gift of Love, after of Communi- communications, it's filled it's filled with like twenty different types of signs that loved ones get from their loved ones. So it's more than just visions. And um, what I like to tell people is that many people overlook their signs, Sandra, because they they're not aware that they're subtle, and they think, hmm, was that a sign? I wonder. But they're never sure. Mm-hmm. And they overlook what was meant to be like a contact from heaven for them. So what I like to tell people to do is um, first go to God and ask him to allow your loved one to visit you because all these blessings come from God. They, they're they not allowed to do anything without God's okaying it. Because huh, it could be a spiritual, yeah, there could be a spiritual reason why you might not be getting a sign. Maybe God is trying to call you to him so you'll find him. You know, you never really know. It's always for the, the soul's growth, uh, the benefit of your soul's growth. So, okay, so you go to God. <coughs> that was step number one. Mm-hmm. And then you state something specific to your loved one that you would recognize as a sign from them. For instance, you could say, well, how about leaving you a dime and so, or a penny or something to that effect. And so soon thereafter, maybe in the next week or so, a dime materializes. You go, well, where did that come from? And you start noticing a dime here, a dime there. And it's your way, it's your loved one's way and God's way of letting you know that, yes, that's my sign. It's just not happenstance that you're finding a dime. That's what you requested. So if you request something specific, it will really help you to claim it, to realize it's just not um, an, uh, an accident or uh, 
it's just, it's the real deal because that's what you asked for. Mm -hmm. And if you claim it and say thank you, you'll notice that you'll start to get more of those same signs. What other signs? I'm just thinking like, okay, a dime's good, but what else could I be asking for as a specific sign? You could ask for like, for instance, the scent of your loved one. And so that could come in the form of, um, say your, your, your mother was a baker. And, um, and she was known for maybe making um, apple pies. And you could be sitting at your computer, and then all of a sudden you smell the strong aroma of an apple pie around you. Wow. Or your, your, your dad's cologne, for instance. Something that would connect you with them. And it's just not your imagination. This is a, a true visit. I mean, it takes a lot of spiritual energy for them to to do that for you so it's really quite a quite a nice thing touches you may actually feel someone like patting you on the back but there's someone there maybe someone massaging your head at the top of your head or or brushing your cheek or you feel someone holding your hand that's another sign too and um many times those types of signs happen when you're in the quiet in the moment, mm-hmm. maybe you're reading a book or just uh, just the stillness that you could feel it and take notice of it. Um, electrical. Electrical are pretty um, in-your-face kind of thing okay. where the TV could be going on and off on its own or channel surfing um, and, you know, brings you maybe to a commercial that connects you to your loved one or some kind of product or, or, some, or maybe a singer that you're loved one was known for really enjoying and yeah it just kind of takes over your doorbell could bring and no one there and uh were you just going to say something yes i just put a big smile on my face i think you sensed my smile i just went on vacation with a friend of mine and i uploaded the pictures from my iphone onto the computer and you know how it says, okay, you've got 2,000 pictures on your phone. Do you want them all or just certain ones? Well, I just selected like the 60 last taken photos. And so I transferred them and created its own folder on my laptop. So I went to look at the pictures. And right in the middle of all the pictures of the last 60 is a picture of my dad taken like 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And that was not in the last ones. No. And yes, it was on my cell phone. But I mean, it was (laughs) like way in the beginning, a whole different file. And that it just put itself right. And it's my favorite picture of my dad. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. So my friend just said, I think your dad's here. I thought, yeah, I think so too. Because of all the pictures, you know, for all, you know, I think a lot of us have skeptical minds. And even though we believe in this, it's still easy to say, well, that could just be an accident. And there could be your imagination. Coincidence. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I mean, there it was. I, I call those things God incidences. I like that. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. He made you smile. I know. <laughs> and you picked it up on it. <laughs> What else can you tell uh, us? I'm excited about this. And some other ways are are phones. Um, And these are kind of more in your face, I think, um, where you would get a phone call and um, there's no, you're not hearing anybody, but the caller ID shows that it's your loved one's phone number, but yet you know that's been disconnected. And you go, what? What? How could that be? And also, I have some great stories in my book about 
one in particular, which is about an answering machine, the woman's son was leaving her messages on the answering machine. And at first she thought, oh, I must be, I must be going crazy. And right. she would delete it. And then he would like call back again another day and leave on the answering machine. Uh, uh, you know, like, whoa, you know, like, why are you doing that kind of a, a, a noise? And, oh, here's the best part. It was a digital answering machine. And her son's messages were left after the time and date where there is no recording that's supposed to happen. <gasps> you give me the goosebumps. Okay. I know. I know. I know. I know. So she finally uh, called over her son's friends and played played the last one where he's doing rap lyrics because he was a <laughs> rapper. And they said, oh, my gosh, that is really him. That is really him. And they just couldn't believe it. So that that is like a type of in-your-face type of a a sign to get from a loved one. And um, I remember one time I was uh, typing up some notes about a talk I was going to be giving about afterlife signs, and my phone rings, and I picked it up, and there's no one on the end. So I hung up, and it happened again. I thought, you know, I'm going to call back this number, and I get a computer voice that says, oh, your number cannot be completed. I thought, oh, this is my parents saying, and I was right at the point, actually, in my notes, talking about phone calls. From your loved ones. Wow. And, of course, my phone rings and there's no one there. So I thought, oh, it's my parents. They're confirming that, yeah, we do that. That used to happen to my mother a lot after my dad passed. The phone would ring and no one would be on the other end. And she would get so annoyed. And she said, I wish they would stop doing that. And I said, Mom, I think that's Daddy calling you from heaven. So it was really meaningful to me that I would get the phone call with nobody there at the exact moment that I'm typing that up in my notes. Oh, definitely. Hey, question. Um, Is practice involved from their side? Like, well, this is a two-part question because I've had people who are like heavily grieving and they're like, I haven't seen a sign. And it's my instinct and just from what I've researched, and you might differ your belief on this, but our energy has something to do with them being able to do things. Like if we're when we feel happy, you know, if anybody even takes a minute and relives, it just thinks about a time in their life that they were the happiest, you know, I think naturally feeling that or sharing it with somebody else that like that raises our happiness level, it raises our mm-hmm. vibration, it raises the energy that's around us. Even the, right, even a smile, Sandra. As simple Have as a good. smile. Yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking and I believe that having our energy be higher than lower can help them do these things, leave these signs, like our energy is somehow involved. And then the other, like part two of the question is, is it something that requires a little practice from them? Like the more you're in communication, believing dad is there asking for dimes, the more dad's trying to find creative ways to make them appear and like, you know, or is dad just in heaven and he knows automatically how to make a dime appear? No, they have to actually learn this. Okay. They have to learn this. And um, and, and they have to learn. It's like they came from heaven. They go back to heaven. They have to learn how to re-communicate um, spiritually uh, with their, their energy. So this is all relearned communication, a whole different way to communicate with us. So it's a learning experience for them. And over time, they, they're they're learning themselves, so that's why they start to 
when you get more and more different types of, I call them ADCs, afterlife signs, afterlife communications, mm-hmm. the more ADCs you're getting, they're having fun because they're learning how to do it and, and they're becoming more successful at it. But there is so much truth in what you're saying about your own grief um, because our energy does affect their energy. And if you're, and I've talked to so many mothers that they said, I was so grief stricken the first few months that I didn't even notice the signs going on all around me because I was so into myself and my grief. And once I started to come out of myself a little bit, I started, oh, my gosh, I've been getting all these signs, and duh, I didn't even notice. And it is hard for them because it's like they're trying to get walk through a metal door instead of an open door when you're so negative and in your grief. And, of course, you would say, well, this is like a catch-22 how do you get out of that to be happy or to let them come through? And my answer is, God, the people I have noticed, and I've talked to thousands of people over the years, I've always noticed a difference of people that have a relationship with God. The ones that pray to God and lean on Him seem to get through faster. They seem to heal faster. There's just you can always pick them out because, I, I don't know, there's just like instead of a, a blaming mentality, they have more of an accepting mentality. And they seem to, con- when they connect with God, it's like a conduit for getting signs also. And maybe, and I, I'm sure lifting them up out of that deep, dark hole that you're in, which does increase those lighter vibrations that you're talking about of your own soul and spirit, which makes it easier for them to connect with us. So I'd say my number one tip for people who are grieving is to pray to God to replace your heart's sorrow with his joy. Because even if you don't get a sign, if you ask for that, God will find a way if you really want to feel joyous again in your heart. God will find a way to help you get through that. But, of course, you have to want it. Some people feel like they uh, feel guilty if they're happy again. It's like they're not honoring right. their loved one's um, life on earth. And it's, it's the whole wrong approach because the messages that people have gotten from their loved ones after they pass are, the only thing that makes me sad is seeing you cry all the time. Just be happy for me. I'm in this place of love, and you're going to join me here. So be happy for me. And um, and that's what they want. They want us to be happy for them and to live happy lives, knowing that we're going to reunite again. So you're doing them, uh, you're honoring their memory if you can be happy. And it makes them happy. And it's easier for them to get through to you. So never feel guilty about um Living you know, your life not, or getting remarried yeah. if your yes, spouse had passed yes. away. Um, question exactly. for you too. You know, I'm just, you know, I, I mean, I'm very open about this. That every interview that I do is for our listeners, but it's also for me, Sandra. And even though I grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic school, and I say I believe in God, I I'm not somebody who regularly prays, you know, yeah, I find myself praying if I really need something or something like that. But I don't have that relationship. And I've met people from various walks of life. And there's so many people that I've met, and even billboards that I've seen about talking to Jesus, just ask Jesus and, and people that have talked to God and just like, it, it seems 
like they have this relationship with this invisible being that um, when they trust and just start doing it, things start happening. So does it matter if you've believed before, if you haven't believed before, if you're used to be religious, now you're not, or you've never been? I mean, is there just a way to get into a practice, even if you're not certain? Because I know there's some people that are like fanatical about their religion and it's their way and no way. And then there's yeah, other people yeah. that pray regularly and things like that. But for just anybody, even if they have questions, is is God real or isn't, are, you know, real or not, does it matter? Can we just jump in, have faith and live in the, um, like the trust and just start to pray and start oh, a communication? I, oh, I think this in any time you're late, it's the most wonderful thing that can happen to a person and I feel so so sorry for people who don't who doubt that God exists or doesn't think He exists because they're here's the thing about God He doesn't force Himself on you you know uh, He waits to be called in to be invited into your life He doesn't intrude He's very um, considerate and thoughtful that way because you He's given us free will but if you you know if you're looking for God you could just Simply say, I'm looking for you. Please show me that you you exist. And, um, and and you just say that prayer every day because that means you're searching for him and he wants you to find him. He's there waiting, to be, waiting for you to invite him in your life. And everything gets easier when you do. You just, there's a, a peace. And um, once you know that God really loves you and you're one of his kids, and um, and it doesn't matter you, you didn't do it the last 50 years, and today is the day that counts mm. because he just wants you to find him because he doesn't need us, but he knows we need him to make our lives easier and smoother and, and happier on earth and to help complete the reason why we came here. Our life's purpose is so much easier if you hold God's hand through it. So it's a benefit to us if right. we reach out to God. It's interesting because um, I, I truthfully, you know, first of all, I'm not pushing religion or prayer on anybody, but it's just one of those things where I can't even tell you how many stories, like miraculous stories I have of when people start praying, things start happening. And so in the back of my mind, it's like, well, you know, I am talking about life after death. And I do trust and believe in that based on all the things I've seen, people I've interviewed, things I've experienced. You know, how about just having the trust and faith that I've got an invisible partner in God or whomever and you, you want to call that. Face on, you can actually put a face on him if you're of the Christian faith or not, mm -hmm. uh, just by thinking about Jesus. Look, mm -hmm. There's a face. I have a picture of him right on my desk right now in front of the computer just to remind me to like it's sort of like oh you know hi oh i'm sorry i have to put another piece of paper in front of your photo right now <laughs> but it's just to remind me that he's there because we're so the world really grabs our attention through all the things that are happening it's so easy to um forget that, that god is around and god's there and that's why i keep this picture in my room while i'm at my computer to remind me that god is there because um, it's so easy to be dragged away from, from anything 
spiritual like that, do, like God. You know what I'm thinking about? Do you know that um, artist, the little girl that Aki, yes. I think you say her name? And I don't remember the whole story, but I know seeing on YouTube. Heaven is for real. And heaven is for real. The fact that this little girl who didn't grow up in a religious household at all. It, her parents were atheists. Atheists. Okay. And mm -hmm. she, at a very young age, had the gift of art. I mean, like a child prodigy. And one of her portraits that she made very early on is just the the head of Jesus. And Jesus. it's like she knew who he was, even though she wasn't exposed to him in any way. Well, yes, and then the movie Heaven is for Real that is now out, um, there's a scene in the movie that the little boy sees portraits of Jesus, like we all have, you know, I've got one. Yeah, of his dad would show show him different portraits of yeah, Jesus. Yeah, no, that's no, not him. No, not him, not him. No, that's not, not him. And then one day he saw something on CNN. They were watching TV, and the little girl was there with the portrait of right. Jesus that she uh, she saw in her mind's eye or in person, and she was painting, and he said, that's him. Yeah. That's Jesus. That's who I saw. Well, to me, that is amazing validation, especially since he didn't say yes to the very first picture or the third or fourth picture that he saw. He waited till he saw that the picture. One. Yes, and that it's he actually such saw Jesus. a perfect. I mean, like that's a guy looking at you. Um, and for our listener, under uh, at we don't die radio dot com, underneath Christine Duminiac's beautiful picture, I'm going to put a link so that you can see that Jesus portrait, so you know what it is that we're talking about. So, um, I think it was George Burns in the movie. Was it Oh God? Years ago. That, oh yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, that one of the billboards was Try God. You know, <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting too because I think um, I don't know Christine how to say this, but I think. I know, first of all, that there's a lot of pain in our life, a ton. But I also know if I look back on the 48 years I've been on this planet, I've needed those painful, painful experiences to help me grow and learn for who I am now and what I'm doing now. So mm -hmm. I think to believe in God, to trust in the universe, if you want to call it, whatever that is for us, and we might not have the answers right now because we're in it, but just to have the faith that whatever it is we're going through is necessary for the growth and education of our soul, and it is for a purpose. And, and, and you know, and to touch on that a little bit, in the, and you'll find a lot of people who have near-death experiences realize that, but especially um, mentioned in Embrace by the Light by Betty Eadie, mm -hmm. where she... Um, she had was uh, the information was given to her that we were created spirits with God in heaven before we come to earth and we have certain missions and life lessons that we want to learn for the spiritual growth of us to help us grow stronger spiritually and closer to God and we get a rough outline of what we're trying to accomplish when we're in heaven like a blueprint of our lives yes and we actually know how we're going to die before we uh, come to earth. And we, we volunteer for this because we know, we see the growth that can happen. But once you come, to, when you're in heaven, it all seems like abstract. Oh, yeah, I can do that. The hard part is when you're here on earth and you have to live it. And all well, memory of the reason why you're undergoing these things for your spiritual growth and the growth of others around you, by the way, there's always a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you keep that in the back of your mind, 
um, that there's a reason, a purpose that you agree to some of this, uh, the major things, um, that th- that will help you. Well, God isn't really mean because I, I asked for this, because I, I volunteered for this, because I knew this would help me, and I wouldn't be sorry. You're never sorry once you go back home and you see whether you successfully completed your mission or not. But here's here's the thing. Um, you can get through all these tough times in your life faster and easier if you ask God to help you. If you don't, you can go off course. You can prolong the pain that you're going through if you're just trying to do it on your own. So what I say is, okay, you might not believe in God, but, you know, like, what does it hurt to pray to try it? It can't hurt, you know, to give it a shot, to say, God, are you out there? Can you help me? And um, and see what happens. It can only help. It can't hurt. Yeah, That's how I look Thanks. at it. Thanks for that. And like I said, just recently I've heard so many people that have had these miraculous things happen, and they're like, you know, oh, I started wow. my relationship with Jesus or God, and I'm thinking, Hmm. And then there's tons of billboards around about praying <laughs> and Jesus and God and, you know, and why not? Why not? Yeah. You know, I try and make it a habit of uh, my husband's really was really a good influence on me um, because I forget to say my prayers. But every night uh, he would get on his knees and say his prayers. And that eventually I thought, you know, that's really a nice thing to do. And it's very humbling because you realize you know, how prideful we, we can be and we forget that God is, you know, everything and we better, like, get on our knees in front of him and, and not be so, you know, like, hey, aren't I the greatest? And so I would get on my knees because he he was, like, a very good example for me and I say my prayers. And I do that before I go to bed at nighttime and I, you know, say I'm sorry for this, sorry for that, and, you know, uh, please protect me and, you know, protect my loved ones and, and help me to be in service and um, in, in a humble, holy way and not prideful way, which is so easy to, to get into that. Uh, and um, and then I, I try and do it when I'm in the shower in the morning. <laughs> I say, oh, i got to start my day off praying to God. And I never used to do that until I, I met my married my husband, and I thought, oh, he was really a good example. So he it reminds me now, morning and evening, to do this. So even if I forget to touch base with God during the day, um, at least I know I've touched base twice, and it just helps to, um, I think it helps to keep my my connection and my communication with him, and, and, and um, so it's just like a habit, and you can even have like a, a sign on your bed, uh, did you say your prayers? <laughs> Remember to say your prayers, That's so or whatever. Funny. And then just you know, trust it's their, to forget. yeah, trust their landing somewhere. Christine, do you have any other stories that you can just give us some more goosebumps I a couple of things you said today I just was filled with goosebumps like oh wow like the two little boys that both saw the same thing because I I know that it makes a difference and I know that each one of us can can start with you know asking God if it's okay our loved one can communicate with us and then asking for signs and things but just just... Uh, one very quickly um, because children have a gift to be able to see and hear spirits and um, as they get older, it may stay with them or it may it may not. Um, that's why I wrote my book, Heaven Talks to Children, to fill with stories of children. And I love children's stories because they just tell it as it is. They they're not um, they don't have the filters that we adults have, and they don't second guess what they see like we do. So um, so if you read some of the children's stories coming from a pure heart, and you think, well, oh my gosh. 
this is really amazing, and you, it, it, help, it will help your belief in the afterlife. But one in particular was a grieving mother. Her um, little boy, her little infant son died of SIDS, and um, she had a three-year-old, and uh, she was trying to explain to him um, that anytime he wanted to talk to his brother, he can just look up to the sky and talk to him. And he, and he looked like bewildered, and he said, but why do I have to talk? to the sky he's sitting here right beside me mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said to tell you uh, not to cry on monday he said what's happening on monday and she's well we're going to have his funeral and, and we're going to be putting him in a box like we did your goldfish and so the little boy looks over to the side and he says well and this um and he said he said to tell you um he's not going to be in that box it's just his body you gave me the goosebumps. Yes, you did. Now, how would a three-year-old no. know that? Adults who believe in spirits, the spiritual body, know that. But how would a three-year-old know that? Mm-hmm. Boy, we right? get so busy as we grow up, and we're no longer in that present state of mind and that living in wonder. You know, we start thinking about what we need to do, what we should have done, what the list is. And so it just sounds to me like kids are more present and in the present moment, and even the signs that you were talking about earlier, if we can be present and quiet that inner chatter a little bit and just look, that the signs might be right in front of us. Right, that's right. Wow. And and and, and um, I know I I don't want to sound like a Bible thumper, but really God is the key <laughs> to it all. He He is the key to it all. So, you can be a Bible you know. thumper. It's okay. <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> It's fun because I think when the moment we all pass, then we'll know the answer. But for each one of us, how do we live the best life possible? And so, you know, like there's different flavors of ice cream and there's different colors in the spectrum. When we can find our own truth and we can find what works for us and we can find that connection, I think that's what's important, you know, and to really know that we're not alone. And that, you know, and, and I don't think oh, there's so any comforting to know yeah. that you're not alone. There's nothing that, wrong. That no matter what happens here on earth, you have a great place that you're going to be going to. So you don't have to be scared because it's just a temporary, it's a stopover, as we all call it, like a school of learning. But it's so nice to know that we're going to be going to some place where there is no pain and there is no fear. And it's just like you just feel so immensely loved and appreciated and you want to you want to give back when you're there. That's why the angels are so in service, and that's why our loved ones are so in service, because they're so happy to be there and so grateful. They want to give back. Yeah, and, and they're so anxious to help us here. I love that. Earth. And so many people think they need to go to a medium to connect with their loved ones. And I, I personally know the value of mediums. Um, Me and too. I and Me I know too. there's some out there that maybe not so good. But the thing is, is you don't have like the messages they're still around you um whether or not you go to a medium i mean you can still um pull out a chair at the kitchen table and put a cup of coffee or a glass of water and and have a conversation with someone even though you can't see them um and to trust they're right there you don't need a middleman right that's right and what yes and one one of the things that you can do is put a picture of them smiling uh, and, and write them letters or talk to that picture and, you know, try and get away from the, the um, 
the time zone of pain for them if they have like a lingering illness because that no longer exists for them. So if you look at a and lots of times people like um, suffer because they keep replaying in their mind oh, what they're sure. suffering. They went through, but that's a time zone that no longer exists for them. You, they want you to be mentally where they are now, happy, joyous, without pain. And and it's important to break through that and be in the present with them now, and not as they were. That that's over for them. So please, you know, if you you know, stop doing that to yourself. Yeah. Pull yourself out of that. Ask, ask them and God to help you to realize how happy they are now and that I want to be happy. And don't let your mind trick you into going back to a time zone that no longer exists. You're torturing yourself and there's no need for it. No, and they're healthy and well. I have one other question because um, it's, and, and I think you're the right person to ask this to because you still are a practicing Catholic. I've had people think that I'm into the devil's world by talking about life after death um, and getting involved with this that even though and I know some I'll come heavy duty Christians who who believe that even though they believe in life after death it's the wrong thing to try to communicate with people when I come across somebody in my life I mean I I really want to be free to share what I'm up to but I think a lot of us are afraid to share because we're afraid to hear, you know, like that's not real. That can't be real. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I I had a chapter in my book, um, Heaven Talks with Children, just for that purpose. Good, because I have that book. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so the chapter is it? I just read it all. It's right. Does the Bible permit spirit communication? And this will make you feel so at peace and give you good arguments if you have to, you know, even like defend yourself, which I don't think you need to do, but if you feel you have right. a need to do that, um, it shows you how, you know, in the Bible, there's support for, for you know, um, even the, the apostles were communicating with um, spirits, and they even, John tells us uh, how to um, test the spirits to be sure it's from God, and of course, Jesus was talking to dead spirits of like Moses and Elijah, so, and he's our role model, so if it's okay for him, Hey, it's okay for us. <laughs> it's, it's okay for us. But there's a lot of really practical um, uh, information in there for people who, who come up against that. And I had a, I had a my my uh, husband's brother was a, a priest till he died, like over 50 years, and um, and we couldn't really talk about this too much, even though his own parents were visiting me because he'd always make me cry because he always thought everything was from Satan. Mm-hmm. And so after he passed. Um, I had a, I had a communicated with him through my, uh, co-host, Sonny Wells of, of Ask the Angels, who's a Christian medium. And he, first thing he said was, well, I guess I owe you an apology, Chris. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I so appreciated him. And he went on for an hour and a half talking about, you know, that your, your and Sonny's work is just as important as my work as a priest. And that, um, and he was telling me what he was doing in heaven. He was on a teaching level, teaching other people, and you know, it's just what a great, how great everything was. And he just went on and on. I could hardly get a word. And ex-wife, he was like, he was so happy to be able to talk about all this. 
uh, freely. So, and I, I think it's so cute because I appreciated getting that apology and because of the times that he made me cry. And uh, although he did towards the end when I came out with my first book, he, he was in a priest's retirement home and he started selling my book to the other priests, <laughs> which made me feel good. But he was trying to protect me. As a priest, he was trying to protect me because he knew he knows that spirits, there can be spirits that aren't from God. And he was trying to protect me from that. Mm. And I understood that that's where he was coming from. It was from a heart of trying to protect me. But of course, I knew how how I could protect myself, thankfully through Sunny Wells and her angels, who who taught me how to test spirits and not to be fooled and to get rid of the ones that aren't from God who may be in the room with you. So it's always important to know that oh, too, good. which is information that's in Heaven Talks to Children, by the way, mm-hmm. for people who are who feel they have a gift or the children have a gift and worry about how do I how do I discern between the good guys and the bad guys? Is somebody trying to fool me? You know, it's a, it's a great, uh, great chapter on that too. Cool. Gives you practical information. So. Thanks, Christine. I'm looking at the clock, and our time's coming to an oh, end. Great. Okay. Well, you, I enjoyed this so me much. Me too. Do you have any closing words for someone, including myself? Something about the signs. Just okay. We can first of all we ask God, right? Right, and then second, ask. Secondly, ask for something specific from your loved one, because this way there'll be no more guessing. Okay. You ask for a butterfly, and maybe like you, a butterfly starts flying around you and acting like it knows you or lands on your shoulder, or someone sends you a card with a butterfly, Right. and they didn't know that you asked for a butterfly. Take it as your sign. Don't overanalyze signs. Just accept it and say thank you, and if you do that, you will get more. And so gratitude they, is a big part of this. Yes, gratitude. And it's, and it's all because God loves you, and it's a gift from his heart to yours. And um, and you need to know that. You need to know how much you're loved, oh, and people don't. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, you thank you. Our sincere pleasure to have you on oh, the show thank today. You. Thank you for you're having welcome. me. I love chatting with you, Sandra. You are the best. Well, we'll do And more. God bless you in your work because you're helping so many people. Okay. I love your book, We Don't Die. Oh, it's thanks. It's just filled with so much good information. It's just wonderful. Well, and I'm you hoping so many areas. to do the same thing with this radio show is to bring lots and lots and lots and lots of stories because the more we hear it, different things from different people, and they all have the same common denominator, I think the easier it is for us to live our life believing that our loved ones are still around. So don't exactly. go anywhere, Christine. I'm going to do my closing and then... Okay. Um, Anyways, so for our listener, um, unfortunately, our time with the magnificent and gorgeous Christine Duminiak is coming to an end. Her website is christineduminiak.com. And if you'd like to go to wedontdieradio.com, there's a picture of Christine. And I will have the links not only to her website, um, but to her books and also that picture that we spoke of of Jesus. On WeDon'tDieRadio.com, you can also join what I call as the Insiders Club. And although we talk a lot about our guests, I want to give each and every one who wants to sign up for this um, some very special gifts. They're kind of secret, actually, as a thank you for listening today, including the first few chapters of my book, We Don't Die. So you can learn more about some of the things that I personally have done and experienced why I believe in life after death. And so this 
is Sandra Champlain. I believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is very important. I invite each one of us today to take Christine Dominiac's advice and look for the signs from our loved ones today. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Thank you.